Welcome to another edition of Hometown Novel News, a monthly podcast bringing you the latest news about literary events, people of interest, and other noteworthy topics about the ever-changing literary world. My name is Mike Brown, and many of you know me as T.M. Brown, author of three Southern novels, with my fourth, The Last Lair to Sapelo, a historical novel about the storied Georgia coast at the breakout of the war between the states coming on, out on August 15th. Pre-order links, raves, and reviews, by the way, are now available by visiting tmbrownauthor.com or stop in at Noonan Book Company in downtown Noonan to place your order. They will be joining me for my hometown book launch, Reception and Book Talk, Thursday, August 24th, hosted by the Noonan Coweta Historical Society at their McRitchie Hollis Museum in Noonan. I hope you all will sign up for that. More importantly, I am the founding president of Hometown Novel Writers Association, based right here in beautiful, historic Noonan, Georgia. I also am on the board of the Noonan Carnegie Library Foundation, and I'd like for you to also mark your calendars for August 25th, 26th, the last Friday and Saturday in August, for the Sharpsburg Book Fair in Old Town, Sharpsburg. Friday night will be fundraising uh, dinner and silent auction with entertainment for, with proceeds going to the Coweta First Readers Foundation. And on that Saturday, beginning at 10 a.m., excuse me, uh, over 50 regional authors will be on hand with books for all ages and interests. Our special guest authors will be Denise Weimer, Clay Bryant Sr., and yours truly that weekend. Denise is an author of historical and contemporary romance and romantic suspense, mostly set in our home state of Georgia. She's authored a dozen traditionally published novels and a number of novellas, with more coming in the coming months. You know, visit Denise Weimer, W-E-I-M-E-R, books.com to learn more about her and her books. Clay Bryant Sr. is no stranger to many of you. He lives in LaGrange, Georgia now, but uh, his, but father a long time further a long time ago in law enforcement, he was written he has written, excuse me, two regional bestsellers about famous murder mysteries in Troop County, Georgia. Solving the West Georgia murder of Gwendolyn Moore, and most recently the cold case murder of Fred Wilkerson untangling the Black Widow's Web in West Georgia. Both are true crime books by Arcadia Publishers. But for now, we're going to talk about writing books and getting and writing syndicated columns with today's special guest author, my good friend Scott Ludwig, who lives right here in Sonoy with his high school sweetheart and wife, Cindy. He also is an avid Florida Gator fan like myself. Dog fans, please don't unplug quite yet. We both admire the dogs except for one game every year. So I would like to tell you a little bit about Scott before I ask him to give us some updates. But Cindy, he married his high school sweetheart, Cindy, and uh, roughly 47 years ago, I believe that's correct? 46. 46. And he's, he's a University of Florida graduate, and he was there right after my brother was there. And he's uh, been a Sonoya resident for a number of years, and he, he is an author of, it's hard to count all of them, but somewhere in the neighborhood of 24 to 28 books. I can't keep track of what Scott's done. Twelve of them have been running books uh, because he is a phenomenal uh, ultra marathon runner in his past. 
he's slowed down and only runs maybe, oh, I don't know, 10 miles a day now. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but he also has a lot of books that are related to the columns he's been writing over the years here at the Noonan Times Herald and also syndicated now to, all the way down to Albany, Georgia. Uh, but he also has other books out that, uh, that reveals him as being a loving and caring, compassionate uh, grandfather, husband, and father. His famous line that I like is, the question is not why I run, but why you don't. And my answer to that is, I'd rather drive, but that's okay. Uh, 2018, he became a key member of the uh, gang here at Hometown Novel Writers Program, and uh, he has been, uh, he is currently a vice president, and, my, and I would also call him my right, right arm in, in the organization, and he is the coordinator for the Sharpsburg Book Fair this year, and I certainly appreciate that because it takes a lot of effort to pull off what we're doing. So, Scott, do me a favor. I've kind of given you a little thumbnail to the folks. Tell us a little bit about, first of all, how did, how did a Florida Gator who graduated from Gainesville, because you originally born in uh, Newport News, Virginia. Am I right? I'm a Navy brat, yes. You're a Navy brat who went to University of Florida in Gainesville, and he winds up in Sonoy. How did that all happen, and how did we get grace for that? Okay, being a Navy brat, we moved all over the world, actually. I lived in Holland, lived in Hawaii. Um, then I went to... We got orders when we were living in Honolulu to move to Florida, and that's the first time. I'm sure I'm the only person that ever said, oh, God, I got to move to Florida. <laughs> so I uh, went to high school in Florida, Fletcher High School. little trivia from Fletcher. Um, one of our rival schools was Terry Parker, and some of the kids that went to Terry Parker formed a little band that you might have heard of named uh, Leonard Skinner. Mm-hmm. And they used to come to our high schools on Thursday morning and play at what we called the Breakfast Club. And that was before that movie came out. So Leonard Skinner used to play at our high school. I met Cindy, my wife, uh, started dating our senior year. We went to the University of Florida together, graduated, got married, went to grad school for a year. And then the uh, Cindy wanted to live in Jacksonville, and by then my parents had moved back to Virginia Beach, and the only city that we could agree on was kind of the halfway point, which was Atlanta. So I moved up to Atlanta. She was working for Delta, taking reservations in Jacksonville, and I got a job with the JCPenney Catalog Center in Forest Park. And I stayed there for 24 years until they closed the doors, and meanwhile, Cindy moved up here. We lived in Rex for 10 years, we moved to Peachtree City in 1990, lived there for 24 years, and then in 2014, we moved out to the country. For, I, the main reason was because I like running on the country roads. Uh, I like to say that we moved 10 miles away and 50 years back in the, to the past, because if you've never been to Sonoy, it's kind of a slower pace than you'll find in Peachtree City and much slower than you'd find in Atlanta. So... Which is why I live where I live down here now, too. That's right. <laughs> uh, when Penny closed the doors in 2003, I went to work for Porsche Cars. I stayed there until I retired in 2018. Wow. And, so that's the background. No, and, then, got... <laughs> and, and as of 2018, I, I, I get introduced to Scott Ludwig. He, we were putting pulling authors in to get the program started, and you were one of our first authors. And then, right. From there, we became good friends. I guess it's the, the, the Gainesville connection and uh, that got us started. And then I come to learn how Scott enjoyed helping other writers. 
And he's been active in that as long as I've known him. Uh, I've gone to a couple of his uh, uh, critique groups uh, a couple of times uh, there in Sonoy. So he's always encouraging other writers. And to me, that's a great attribute. And I appreciate that. Scott, you've been writing books since. When was your first book put out? Do you remember? Can you remember? Barely. I think, <laughs> it, I think it was 2007. 2007. It was the first one, yeah. Your hand, has, are you getting cramps still in your hand? or? I don't write. It's all <laughs> typing, so no, it cramps on my fingers. Yeah, uh, Scott's phenomenal with all of the books yeah. that, that he has out. Though you've transitioned. Um, your last book on running was From Here to Timbuktu and Back, if I remember. Timbuktu and Back, yeah, yes. Yeah, that one. And uh, So tell us, where did that title come from? Okay, so my first book was called, uh, I can't remember, it's been a while. Let's see. Uh... Running Through My Mind, Portraits of an Everyday Runner. And the reason I called it Portraits of an Everyday Runner, um, every day is two words, not one, because I literally run every day. I started in November of 1978, and I have not missed a day since. My grad school professors were both runners. They got me into running. And truth be known, uh, after we got married, I didn't realize that I'd put on about 30 pounds and one day, Cindy looked at me and said, you're fat, go run. <laughs> and she denied saying that, but she did. And I haven't <laughs> missed a day since. Um, so in 2000, 2002, my wife gave me a – this is where I got my start in writing, really. Um, I'd written a couple of books about running because every runner wants to write a book about running. But in 2002, she gave me a video of a race in Death Valley. It was called the Badwater Ultramarathon. The video was called Running on the Sun. I watched it, and it showed a lot of people in different states of distress running through Death Valley, people getting dehydrated, people getting heat stroke, people getting IVs, people throwing up, people getting blisters the size of small tomatoes. And I'm watching this movie, and I said, I love this, because I'd gone through all of it except for the IV part, because yeah. I'm not a fan of needles. So I told my wife, I said, I'm doing that race. And she said, no, you're not. So one year later, I was in Death Valley <laughs> with my crew of five, and we ran what we believed to be the hottest uh, Badwater ultramarathon on record. It got to be 133 degrees that first day out in the desert. And uh, we did finish. Our, me and my crew, we came in sixth place. Um, we ran the, uh, well, I ran, they kind of supported. <laughs> uh, 36 hours, 32 minutes, and 46 seconds. And I mention that race now because uh, I wrote a book about that and the fact that the race was this week, incidentally. And, uh, the woman that ran this year, she finished in 21 hours and change. She set a women's course record by three hours. I had a couple friends that uh, were out there either running or on cruise. Um, so I've got that connection to Death Valley. And I told my wife I'll get her back there one day to uh, see what it was like. Anyway, I wrote a book about the uh, the race. It was called, <laughs> let me look at my cheat sheet, like A Few that. Degrees from Hell. Um, White Hot Tales from the Badwater Ultramarathon. I wrote the book, and it's the story of 24 people in the race. They gave their recollections of the race. 
as well as two people in the race that didn't finish. And those stories are good as well. So there's 26 stories in there. I wrote the book. Um, it came out in a headhunter from Meyer and Meyer called me to see if they could take the rights of the book. And they said they'd take it national or international, I guess I should say. And they did. And prior to them taking it over, it sold about 5,000 copies. I don't know who bought it, <laughs> but I do know that it sold that many because the royalty said that it sold that many. So that was kind of cool. That means they actually sold more, probably. <laughs> so Yeah, probably. And uh, so I, I wrote that and three other books with Meyer and Meyer. Meyer and Meyer also happens to be the uh, publisher for Jeff Galloway. And anybody that runs in Atlanta probably knows who Jeff Galloway is. He's the uh, founder of Phidippides. <clears throat> So I wrote a couple more. As Mike said, uh, Timbuktu and back was my last. And, and the reason I wrote my last, because there's only so much you can write about running. And also point B is I've been slowing down the last couple of years. <laughs> so why Timbuktu and back? The reason for the title was because people always ask me, how far do you run or how far did you run today? And whether I say one mile, 10 miles, or 100 miles, I pretty much get the same reaction. If you're not a runner, you, d you don't have any true comprehension of what it takes to run certain distances. But one day I was up with my, uh, I stayed with my sister a couple of years ago to help her remodel her home in Baltimore. And she took me out to dinner one night to a restaurant called Timbuktu. And it was about four and a half miles from her house. So the next morning I said, to myself, that'll be a pretty good route. I'll just run to Timbuktu and turn around and come back. And I did, and my sister said, how far did you run? She goes, to Timbuktu and back. And she goes, oh. And for the first time in 40-plus years of running, somebody that didn't run asked me how far I ran, and I told them, and they understood. <laughs> and I said, the next time I write a book, that's my title, and it, and it was. So Timbuktu and back is kind of a 434, whatever year it was, anthology of all the running I've been going through for all that time. Before we switch to the other books, mm -hmm. okay, I remember you telling me this, but I, for the audience that's listening to this, because it's still mind-boggling, he's recorded all of his miles. He keeps a record of it. So how many miles have you run since you started? Yeah, I knew you were going to ask that. So as of, <laughs> as of this morning, my total mileage is... 165,278 miles. I don't think my the odometers <laughs> on my last two vehicles totaled that. <laughs> that's, so there you go. That's, that's amazing, yeah. Scott. And But it also accounts for the fact that mm -hmm. I probably weigh at least 100 pounds heavier than you, at least. Matter of fact, maybe 150 uh, for sure. <laughs> and uh, But Scott, is uh, the energy level that he has is amazing, and I attribute it to all of that running for sure. But then you should, you know, you you've also done a couple of other things. Obviously, is you know, um, and it kind of blends in between your syndicated column writing that you began, and because a lot of your books, the spring cleanings uh, and the southern charm and collection of art, yeah. you know, were uh, your articles that you used, which is really a good application of publishing, which you've already written. It makes it a lot easier that way. Um, so tell me what led you into doing that and how did you get started into the syndicated column writing? Okay, you may have gathered so far that I'm a little bit on the OCD side. So uh, 
one year, one of the, the girl I carpooled with when I worked at Porsche, she said, why don't you write the best thing and the worst thing that happens to you every day for a year? And I said, hey, that sounds like a good idea. So the first day I did it, and it turned out to be three or four pages. Oh, whoa. Second day, kind of more of the same. Uh, I got to the point where I said, you know what, I might as well write a story a day for the whole year just to see what, what happens. Um, so <laughs> I, I did that. In the first six months, ended up being a 450-page book, <laughs> and the second six months turned out to be a 550-page book. So together, they were about War and Peace-ish. <laughs> and I sent them to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution because one of my influences, well, my major influence for writing was Louis Grizzard. And I sent them to the AJC and no dice. So I, I came by <clears throat> the Noonan Times-Herald because it's a local paper. I live in Sonoy, same county. And um, Louis Grizzard wrote for the paper at one time. And I thought that's very cool. So I brought my books. I gave them to the publisher at the time, Walter Jones. And he read them. And he gave me a call and he said, I'd like you to write a column for us. And he said, as long as all your stories are not about your grandson. Because I had a grandson at that time. I started writing a lot of stories about him. So... I, I ended up writing a weekly column for the Noonan Times Herald, and then when uh, Clay and Beth took over the paper, they kept me on board. So I've been writing for them a weekly column now every uh, week since December of 2016. Um, what are they about? Pretty much everything, except during football season when I do weekly recaps of college football because that continues to be my passion besides running. And writing, I, yeah, no, no I, I enjoy reading it. You know, Scott's because of two things. Number one is his love for sports. That's something we share a lot about. Um, the second reason is is that you know he mentioned it just a second ago that his inspiration uh, was a lot of his writing inspiration comes from Louis Grizzard. Well, if you ever have the opportunity to meet. Um, Scott, or read any of his articles for that matter. But if you ever see one of his live events, um, there's a lot of Louis Gazzard-isms and attitudes and his uh, his quips and humor kind of mirror some of that, uh, you know, Louis Gazzard. What got you to fall in love with Louis Gazzard? Just his writing style. I used to, he wrote, I guess I moved to Atlanta in 79 in the early 80s. He had a column, I think they ran on Tuesdays and Fridays. And I always look forward to reading those. And even Ron Hudspeth, he, he wrote pretty good columns as well, but he was not the, the caliber of a Louis Grizzard. And then, uh, you know, at one of our, Mike talked about hometown novel nights. At one of our engagements, um, I mentioned how much I appreciated Louis Grizzard. And after the uh, presentation, his cousin came up to me and introduced herself. I didn't know that that was his cousin. And I said, do you have any stories that, aren't known about Louis Grizzard, and she says, yeah. So I ended up speaking to her, interviewing her, and it led to a column for the uh, Noonan Times Herald. The column was called Bless His Heart, and what it was about was about his last night on earth when he was getting ready for his fourth heart surgery, and he kind of had a premonition that this was not going to end well. So the last night in the hospital... He had the nurses and the doctors pull a few strings for him. So they brought his black lab um, catfish to the hospital. They brought all his family and all of his family members, his aunts and uncles. They brought his favorite meal, which was fried chicken, biscuits and gravy, 
um, all the things you're not supposed to have when you're having heart <laughs> surgery. So he said he was going to go out. He was going to go out in style. He ended up married, marrying his, I guess it, I guess it was his fourth wife, Deidre. Um, so Deidre's daughter could have a, a father. And he said that um, his cousin told me the last day he spent was his now daughter just combing his hair right before a surgery. So it's a really cool story. story that yeah. well, apparently had never been told before. Well, you know, I, I, with that, uh, I just wanted to, to remind folks that, you know, Scott does the moderating at our hometown novel writer author programs at the Carnegie Library every two months. Uh, and any time that we're over at the Coweta Force Building doing author events over there, because Scott and his wife, Cindy, both have a great affiliation with the Coweta Force um program and uh and are you know staunch supporters of that for a lot of personal reasons for sure um but you know i, I would encourage you to come out to uh july 20th is our next uh, author right. program mm-hmm. it's a thursday night we start out at 6 30 um and uh, besides the authors most people show up just to listen to scott do his uh, monologue in the beginning because we never know what's coming until he delivers it, mm-hmm. uh, but he does keep us all laughing. That's for sure. Uh, this month uh, we've got uh, Danielle Thorne and we got Clay Bryant Sr., David Allman, and last month's uh, podcast guest was Bob Mosley. He'll be there as well with his new novel about a uh, baseball player that was uh, uh, that had come from Dune in Georgia and, and made it all the way to the World Series. So uh, that'll be an interesting and fun night. Uh, that and you get to have Scott there that evening. Scott, uh, before we kind of segue into um, a little bit talking about the Sharpsburg Book Fair, because you and I both are deeply involved in that, Mm -hmm. um, what is your favorite book outside of the running books that you have that maybe folks may or may not be aware of that you wrote? Mine? Yeah. Um, Well, I put put all my columns into compilations, and here's the SCD again. Originally, it was supposed to be 100 columns, but I miscounted. So the first one was 101 columns. So now they all have to be 101 columns. But I've got three compilations so far, Southern Charm, Southern Comfort, and Southern Hospitality. And I should have the fourth one, um, Southern Accent, ready by before Christmas because I'll have another 101 columns. So, um, But if you were going to ask which – are you asking what my favorite is? Yeah. Well, my favorite is always the one I wrote last. <laughs> but um, – Probably one I'm the proudest of is I wrote um, when my grandson, right before he turned six, I wrote a his biography, um, and it was called "A Gift to Imagine" because the kid has quite the imagination, and I always thought of a grandson as a gift. So I think that's kind of my favorite because it's kind of special that way. Um, for the outsider looking in, uh, even if you're not a runner, Timbuktu and back is. I think entertaining because it's things about running you probably never even considered. So. I don't think you know how to write bland and boring. I really yeah. don't. I, I, sometimes I try. You try hard, which which results in the other. <laughs> and Mike knows this. I, I've written one. I think I think the total's twenty six, but I'm not sure. Twenty six books. I've written one fiction, and it's called uh, Best Foot Forward, and it's based on. Basically, it's like the life of my good running buddy, um, Al Barker, who's a retired optometrist. But he was the 14-year-old skinny kid that got picked on all the time, but but he could run. So I wrote a book about a 14-year-old kid that didn't know he had a talent for running until the the coach um, noticed him. 
And the coach in the book, is his name is Bill Rose, and he's loosely patterned after Bill Thorne, who was the coach of Landmark Christian for many years. And he made a little news this week because for the first time in the history of the Peachtree Road Race, he did not run the race. Um, he did. They did let him kind of honorarily cross the finish line, but he didn't run the race for the first time. So his string of 54 consecutive peach trees came to an end this year. Mm. Um, incidentally, I stopped at 40. Yeah, I called him and I asked him. <laughs> I asked him that. I said, "How did it go?" And he says, "I haven't been there. I, and, <laughs> I didn't and, go." <laughs> and here, here's that OCD part again. I had 40 in a row, and my 41st was going to be the 50th anniversary of the Peachtree Road Race. And I said, I'm not going to run it because what a killer title for a column, passing up a golden <laughs> opportunity. <laughs> so that was half of the reason I didn't run that year. I won't tell you the other half. It's <laughs> kind of personal. But, but that's what it made for right, Clay? That made for a good story, oh, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's so. awesome. So, Scott, um, where, where can people find your books? Um, because I really highly recommend people, you know, realize the depth and the breadth of all of your yeah. books. Well, Hometown um, hometown Corner Arts Gallery carries the majority of them, but the ones that you can find all of them on Amazon. Just go to Amazon, click on the little link for books, advanced search, put my name in the author thing, and the page will come up. It will come up, yes, absolutely. And uh, and yet I do know he, he has his own shelf at Corner Arts Gallery's Book Nook, uh, all dedicated to Scott Ludwig's book. So I really do suggest, particularly if you've got runners in your family uh, or friends that you're looking for that unique gift of, um, you know, Scott's books would certainly do that. But also his family-oriented books and his articles are a fun read. Um We've joked that sometimes his books make the uh, coffee table. Um, sometimes they probably end up in other places for short reads. And uh, you exactly. <laughs> so, but you enjoy them that way. It's called short attention span theater. There you go. <laughs> Excellent. So, look, I, I, just in the last couple of minutes here, uh, we I would be remiss if we didn't talk just briefly about the um, Sharpsburg Book Fair. Since you're the coordinator, and I bow to you all the time, I'm, I'm always emailing or texting you and asking, hey, where are we at? What are we doing? How many authors are we? have we got signed up so far? We've got 54 authors signed up, and to include uh, Josh Rigsby from Pretty Good Books and LaGrange, a really killer bookstore, if you ever get the opportunity. And we've got um, the Noonan Times Herald is going to have a booth, and I'm, hope, I'm not sure, but I'm hoping they're selling subscriptions. And if you don't have a subscription to the paper, I highly recommend it to stay in touch with your community. There's nothing better than having a subscription to your local newspaper. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and uh, a new one to add, you can pencil down this. The Noonan Coweta Historical Society has uh, agreed to, oh, okay. to be there. And uh, obviously the Noonan Carnegie Library is going to be there. Right. Uh, because the Noonan Carnegie Library Foundation is co-sponsoring the Sharpsburg Book Fair this year. Um, and they're they, not only financially, but with a lot of volunteer help, uh, which the, anytime you get involved and this is kind of like the counter to the Southern Lit Fest, which will be happening. It's, it's to be announced most likely next year. So I don't want to say it officially, but it, 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 there's a good chance that Southern Lit Fest will return to downtown Noonan next, uh, next June. But, um, you know, so we're working in concert. Uh, the Hometown Novel Rights Program is working with the Noonan Carnegie Library Foundation to pull off 
um, literary events every summer, um, you know, alternating back and forth from here on out. Um, besides the, uh, the the Saturday book event, which begins at 10 o'clock in the morning, and we're going to go until 5 o'clock in the afternoon, uh, we've got uh, Blue Collar Media. Uh, Alan Nolan is handling our entertainment with our music that'll be piped in all day and the sound system, in which I found out that we now, he's going to broadcast on an FM circuit, uh, 101.9, throughout the entire program. Uh, so if you're within a mile of downtown Sharpsburg, you can p- dial into the 101.9, and I will verify that <laughs> correctly. Uh, and you can listen in on some of the speeches and programs and interviews that will be going on throughout the course of the day. But we're also adding this year, um, this is the second one, Friday night. And uh, this was kind of a a venture into the darkness when we first talked about it, but it is coming together because one of the benefactor, uh, benefit, uh, what's the proper word, benefactors of the uh, event is the the Kuwaita First Readers Program. And last year we uh, managed to uh, donate $250, which was a nice token for us. And we put money towards a scholarship program on top of that uh, because all of the money we raise, we try to find a home for and not in our pockets. It's going somewhere in the community. That's why we do what we do. So this year what we stepped up our game and we decided that on Friday night, August 25th, um, we're going to have a silent auction. And we're going to have a fundraising dinner that night where we're going to be the benefit. uh, Who's going to benefit from that is all the proceeds from that are going to the Kuwaita First uh, Readers Program. And uh, so this year, our goal is to be well over $1,000 going to them. Uh, Folks, if you're not aware of the Kuwaita First Readers Program, Scott and I got to meet uh, several of the ladies that were there last year. They'll be again here this year. Um, they provide books to um, uh, families with pre preschool kids from the crib to preschool, free of charge to every qualifying family, uh, month every month, and uh, they come free. So it takes a lot of money to pull that off. So we want to support that because that's what one of our mission statements are. Um, so, you know, hopefully check a look at where can we, let's see, how do we got the information is on our hometownnovel.com mm-hmm. and um, our, our Facebook page. If you go to Hometown Novel Writers Association on Facebook, you'll see the event information. Uh, going up this week will be uh, the information about the Friday night program because that will be limited seating. There'll be uh, 100 people. That can register for the event. It's $25 a plate uh, for the dinner that night. Um, And you get to have all of the fun and activities that were going to go on from 6 o'clock until 9 o'clock on Friday, August 25th. So be looking for that information. Um, You can also email um, me at mike at hometownnovel.com. Um, and I'll be happy to send information to you right away or just look on our website, hometownnovel.com, and we should have sign-up information up this week so you can start registering for that. Scott, would you, anything else you'd like to add about our Sharpsburg Book Fair? Yeah, for the for aspiring writers, we're having a write, writing contest. Very good. So the, the details, the entry information is on the website as well. Yes. And it's going to be open to... Aspiring writers age 16 and up, 
and we're going to have three prizes. First prize is $500 cash. Second mm-hmm. prize is 300 and third prize is 200 And there's a deadline for entries. I believe it might be Halloween. I'm not really sure. I think that's Halloween. It's we're, pretty quick. The, 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 the first, uh, it opens up August 1st uh, to start taking uh, uh, submissions, and it's the first chapter. Um, 3,000 word 3,000 word limit 3,000 yeah. word limit it's being headed up by Miss Danielle Thorne who is a um, she's been interviewed on the podcast before she is an amazing addition to our program here um, and her passion is to help writers as well so she's the one the spearheading this and uh, we're selecting judges and we're getting uh, so that this is not going to be some willy-nilly thing. So you, here's an opportunity for you to test your writing. Yeah. And maybe you can end up writing 25 or so books like Scott and, right. and be syndicated. Just a point about 3,000 words. That's like me telling somebody that doesn't run, I ran 10 miles. What does that mean? 3,000 words, if you're typing size 12 FICA or Times Noble Roman and you're single spacing, it's about seven pages. So you don't have to write that many. That's the limit. Yes. You can write one page, which is about 400 words. So anything in between. Just work on being good at what you do and, and submit right. it. And uh, you know, and maybe you'll be one of those recipients of the $500, $300, or $200 awards. And you know, maybe that'll help launch you into writing a, a book or becoming a syndicated uh, columnist right here at the Noonan Times Herald. I'm sure Clay Neely would love to hear from you if you if you get through with that. We'll, maybe we'll even make arrangements we get it published in the paper. So that'll be awesome. So with saying that, because our time is now limited, you know, I, I really do want to say thank you so much to Scott for sharing with us today and with all of the followers. Um, any last final thoughts or words that you'd like to share with anybody? No, I hope to see all of you uh, in Sharpsburg on August 26th. And like I said, subscribe to the paper. You need it. Yes, yes, please do. Um, So, you know, I would uh, tell you this much, that next month, as I prepare to sign off here, uh, August podcast will feature Michael Scott, president of the Noonan Carnegie Library Foundation Board of Trustees, and we're hoping to get the Honorable Blue Cole uh, from the mayor of Sharpsburg with us because they are part of the triad that is making the Sharpsburg Book Festival uh, fair even possible. So we want love to have them here and we can talk in a little bit more specifically about the details of the event. And uh, we appreciate the fact that we also are uh, being the Noonan Times Herald and Mr. Clay Neely has uh, helped us with the Noonan Podcast Network so that the Hometown Novel News can be brought to you every month. And we certainly appreciate that. Please stop into the Noonan Book Company on Jackson Street in Noonan. Support them. Corner Arts Gallery um, Studios on South Court Square with the book nook there. Uh, grab a book. Enjoy the summer reading. And please don't forget to mark your calendars for the dates we talked about, August 25th and 26th. From the Noonan Times Herald Building with Clay Neely, our producer, I am Mike Brown and the Scott Logan here tonight signing off until next month. Tune in for next month's next edition of Hometown Novel News, bringing you the latest about the literary events, people of interest, and other noteworthy topics about the ever-changing literary world.